Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I was reminded about a story while I was at the beach. I was telling my family, and I, I told it one Sunday, but even my family hadn't heard it. And so I was just kind of drawn back to this place. I want to preface this story with, um, I feel like it's been years that I've done this ministry work, and I finally got to this place where a closet I was like really disappointed in myself. You ever get to that place where like you experience Jesus, you, you believe that he's real and you fall back into the same life patterns that you lived all of your life and you're too afraid to tell everybody and you don't wanna talk about it and you're really ashamed of yourself, you're mad at yourself and you don't know how you get, got where you got. <laughs> and you feel like, I know the truth of that Bible, I know it, but I'm just struggling to believe it for myself. You ever get to that place? It's really hard, man. That place is like really, really hard. And I want to preface this story because it sounds like a magnificent story because it is. But years leading up to this story, I believe are what it took to get to the story, if that makes sense. And it was not long ago, but it was a few months ago And a few months ago, I was just kind of like at this place where I'm like, God, I want more. Like I'm reading this book of Acts that we're going to look through here in a second. And I'm reading these passages and these guys are praying, Lord, stretch your hand of healing that miraculous signs would take place as we preach about your servant, Jesus. And the room would shake. And I'm like, I'm preaching about this Bible, the stuff that I've never seen, nothing. Like I've seen people like get touched by the Holy Spirit. I, I love it. I've seen, I've seen stuff, but I haven't seen it like the book. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, angels are showing up. Like they're having visions from heaven. And I'm like, Lord, I just want more. And he led me this place in my seeking for more where I realized that I didn't, I, I wanted more from him, but I didn't really want him anymore. I want more from him, but I'm not really interested in him anymore. I'm interested in the displays of him, but I'm not really interested as much in Jesus. It was a journey to get to that place. So I'm gonna tell you what began to happen. Because what he began to show me is Jay, I'm even more than all of those things put together. And if you grab hold of me, if I show up, nothing's going to be the same. Sitting, I started staying awake at night. I'm just going to seek God's presence. Like, I just want to experience Jesus. Like, I want you. And the book said it. I got to believe it. I'm telling y'all, like, every night I would stay up late. I would not come to bed, would I stay? She thought I was watching TV. I wasn't. I was, I was out there working. 
And I'm on the couch and I'm praying every single night, Lord, show up. I just want you. And I'm telling you, like it took time to get to the place where I actually wanted him, like where it was actually true in my heart. Because honestly, I didn't. I wanted him to do some stuff for me. I wanted him to like wow me with some magic and do some cool stuff. And, but I wasn't really cool with him anymore. Honestly, I'm just being really, really bold, honest. And um, it brought me to repentance, man. Like it really took my heart to go, man, like I'm kind of broken over my own lack of care for you, King Jesus. And, um, and when he kind of broke my heart is when I started being like, well, Lord, if you will, I only want you. I only want you. I started praying every night. And, and he put on my heart, I believe, to pray until he showed up. And I began to pray and ask, I just want you. I don't even care what you do. You don't have to do anything. If you would just come and you could just be with me, I, I want to believe that you're everything I need. And I kid you not, y'all, I'm in prayer for I don't know how long. And all of a sudden I have my eyes closed and I f literally feel like a presence hug me. And it freaked me out so bad I didn't want to open my eyes because I was kind of scared. And I was like, I feel, I, I feel like some, someone hugged me, but it didn't just hug me physically. Like it felt like something like, like love, you know, when you're in love as a young kid and it like that feeling in your heart when you like see your guys, you know what I mean? Like, it was like 10 times that. And I was like, what just happened? Like the hug touched my heart. Like it went into my heart. And I was on the couch, like trying to rationalize what just took place. And I'm like, I want to believe that you showed up, but I kind of don't. You didn't really? And I'm like, Lord, by faith, I think you hugged me. And I just want to tell you, thank you. And I'm like crying because it, it touched my heart, y'all. Like, this is a real story. And I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of undone. And I end up continuing prayer and I fall asleep. And I fall asleep on the couch and I wake up at 6.30 a.m. to my, uh, it, was, it was JP, it was, it was a few months ago. So he was like four, before his birthday. He runs out at 6.30 in the morning. He wakes me up. He goes, dad, dad. I'm like, look at him. I'm like, what? 6.30 in the morning, he goes, Jesus came into my room last night. And I was like, say what? No, Jesus came into my room last night. And I'm like, well, tell me more. <laughs> what was Jesus like? He was like, he was big. And he goes, dad, there was a bad guy in my room last night too. But Jesus, he came and he opened up the window and he made the bad guy leave my room. He shut the window and he locked it. He goes, Jesus loves everybody. I said, what did the bad guy look like? Well, he, was, he was short with big muscles. I was like, wrecked me, man. I think Jesus came to my house. I didn't see him, but I felt him. My son saw him. <laughs> and I'm not saying these fancy stories be like, man, let's seek fancy stories. But I want to tell you, when you seek the king, fancy stories happen. They just do. They just will. And it's not about the fancy stories. It's about the fancy king. He's everything. And I never would have asked for something like that. It's too much for me to ask for. I just started asking for him. 
and he knew what to give me. If you start seeking him, he knows what to give you. You just seek the good king. He wants to meet you right where you are. Right where you are, would you ask the Lord to speak to you today? I just, I just believe he wants to speak to us profoundly and personally. Would you ask him to use a little person like me? Just pray for me. I'd really appreciate it. Spend a moment. Father, I, I thank you so much that you care for each one of us in this room and you've brought us in here to, to hear from you. And um, Lord, I, I just pray that you would you'd speak through me and you would do anything you want to do in this room. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to comfort those who are hurting in the room. I pray for healing in this room today. I pray for deliverance in this room. Lord, I pray for just a saving, a saving from um, bondages that would say that you don't, there's no hope because, Lord, we know that there is hope. We know that you don't give up even when men give up. You stick closer than our closest brother. You love us to the point of death, and death couldn't hold you down. You're that kind of wonderful. So, Lord, today, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to the reality of you. Help us to hear your voice and tune our ears to hear your voice. And Lord, I, I just ask, Lord, that you would not just send our church out of these doors revived and on fire, but Lord, that you would revive your, your people here in this city and around this world, that you would open our eyes, that you would wake from sleep anyone who is asleep. I pray that in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Amen. I would love if you would, would you open with me to Acts chapter 4? And I want to read a little bit, kind of a lot of verses. Sorry. I used to hate when the pastor would read a lot of verses. Really would send me into an ADD coma. But you can follow along, and I'll do the best I can at reading this. It's uh, Acts 4, 1 through 22. And I want to preface this story um, with what has just taken place. So... Acts is really, the book is about the acts of the Holy Spirit in the church. If you don't know this, the book of Acts isn't finished being written. We are a part of writing the book of Acts still today. I wonder what chapter we'd be on, like 60,000 something, who, who knows? I don't know. But y'all's names would be in the book. It's really an interesting thought, by the way. But up until this point, the Holy Spirit has come just as Jesus said he would on the day of Pentecost. Literally tongues of fire and weird things start happening. And then the people see this happening. They're like, that's strange. I'm hearing them talk and my language, some weird stuff's going on. They're probably drunk. Peter stands up and is like, look, 
It's too early in the morning for that. We ain't drunk yet. Check this out. The Holy Spirit's here. God's doing some really, really, really incredible things. It's a new, brand new day. He starts calling everybody to Jesus, being like, what Jesus said is absolutely true. He's the king and he's alive. Y'all need to turn your life over to Jesus. A lot of people start doing that and a lot of crazy things start to happen. Healing starts taking place. Salvation starts taking place. People start selling everything they have because they realize, they realize their eyes get open. They're only here for a short time. And many of us have been living just for this place. We don't have to live for this place anymore. Let's live for heaven. We don't gotta be stressed. Why are we living for the, the cares of this world when we're not, we're gonna pass away and leave it all behind? We don't gotta worry about what the world worries about, especially if we got right standing with God. We're not here to improve our life. I'm here to prove myself to God. God came to save me. So they begin to sell their possessions and give to anyone who had need. It says in the book that everyone in their gathering, nobody had a need among them. Has anybody got a need today? Would you just love to not be in need today? You got something? I just want to encourage you. I believe you've come into the right spot. If you've got a need today that you're really wrestling with, don't keep it to yourself. If you want help, I think we're here to help. Anybody? Come on. That's... You've just come to the best place because we've all been in the place of need before. And the reason we live like that is because Jesus came and met us in our deepest time of need with absolutely free grace, met us right there. So we're there to walk with you in your time of need as well so that you don't just hear about Jesus, you experience his life. A lot of weird stuff happened. I believe it is meant to still happen today. So two guys, Peter and John, they're walking down the street. They see this guy lame from birth, sitting by the temple. The guy can't walk, if you don't know what lame means. He can't walk and he's standing there, or not standing there, obviously, sitting. Forgive me, please. And as he's sitting there, he says, hey guys, I have a need. Could I have some money as you go in the temple today? It says that they meet eyes, which is this awkward moment where they're staring at one another right in the eyes. He says, I don't have what you're asking me today, but what I have to you, I'm gonna give to you. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? <laughs> Come on. The Bible doesn't say nothing about him standing up immediately. It says he literally walks over there, grabs his hand and lifts him to, to his feet. The man begins to leap and dance as he realizes he's been healed. He runs to the temple freaking out and everybody starts a giant commotion. And as they start the commotion, we pick up the story and I wanna talk about a very particular person. I would love to speak to us in the room today. If you are like I said before, if you are struggling, you've been a Christian for years and you've gotten to this place where you feel like you've kind of teetered, you've gotten to the place where you're stagnant, stale, and you don't know where to go, I pray today would be a great encouragement to your soul. I'm praying for a revival fire to touch you today just by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by my work, but by his. I believe he's called you in this room to hear from him today. And I pray you hear his voice. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. He's still got a great and wonderful plan. Step into it. You're allowed. All right, let's read. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, 
This is starting in verse 1 of chapter 4. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest, the, temp, the, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. Now, Sadducees were religious leaders who didn't believe that resurrection was possible, okay? That's what you need to know about them. They were sad, you see, because life and death, that's it. It's over. They were sad. You can always remember that. If there's no resurrection from the dead, I don't know. I'd be sad, I guess, too. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there's a resurrection of the dead because it would discount their teachings and they would be meaningless. They've got to keep their position. Protect self at all costs, especially when you're trying to keep your position of the world. You're going to fight for it and do dirty things to keep it. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled 5,000 people, 5,000 people in a very, very short time. Come on now. The next day, the council of all the rulers and the elders and the teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? This is what I would title this sermon if I could title it in verse eight. It says, then Peter. I just want to title it, then Peter. Filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The member of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Do you believe that you're just ordinary and you aren't trained enough to be important or impactful in the kingdom of God? These people could tell they didn't know, and yet they were amazed at their boldness. But, verse 14, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing that the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they've actually performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Can you imagine I mean, you see the legit thing happen. And yet I would rather keep my position and I'll do whatever it takes to keep it. Because the cares of this world, they have not yet been saved from them. And I wanna just invite everybody that's in the sound of my voice just to hear, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it can never bear fruit. Jesus said, if you want to keep your life, if you love your life and you aim to keep it, you will lose it. 
If you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. There's this hard outer shell of a seed that has to be broke open for life to even happen. And I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. Lord, may we just let go of this place because listen, if you really get honest, if you really, really get honest, this place, if you got everything you could ever imagine, what would it matter in the end? Like, what would it really matter if you got everything that you were seeking to get right now? What if you got it? Where, what would happen? What would it matter? But to keep them from spreading their propaganda, verse 17, any further, we must warn them not to speak in, in anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name Jesus. But Peter and John replied, listen to this. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything that we have seen and heard. It's really easy to stop talking about the stuff that we've memorized. It's really hard when somebody wants to come and tell me, hey, Jesus ain't nothing. And I'll be like, but I've seen and I've heard it. How could I stop talking about him? He showed up at my house. I think he wants to come to yours. I can't stop talking about Jesus and what happened when he touched my heart. I can't stop talking about it because it was unlike any drug I've ever tried and I tried them. It was different. It was love that touched my heart. Jesus is the king. And I don't know everything that everybody knows, but I know the king. And it messes me up. It's amazing. He wants to know you. I believe he's calling you today to know him. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. Everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. Just couldn't deny it. And if you just uh, talk to my four-year-old, man, he saw Jesus. It's crazy. He said Jesus loves everybody. He loves you. He loves you. But I want to focus on this guy then, Peter. I want to focus on him because like, if you really think about this story, think about every word that Peter actually says. It's so wise. It's so like calm and tactful. It's amazing. He doesn't try to prove his point. He doesn't fight back. He's not offended. He calmly, I believe like it's a calm, like, are you, are you upset that we've like healed this guy? Is that like why you're mad? Would you like to know? He says like, would you like to know by what name this man's been healed? Like, would you, do you want to know? And then he begins to tell them. But I want to think back. If I could have picked one disciple of Jesus, if you know the Bible, the very last person to act like this, I believe, is Peter. Anybody? Think about it. Like the last disciple who acts like this is going to be Peter. Now I could see it being kind of loving John, or maybe even like 
Thomas, like doubting Thomas, kind of reserve. Not Peter. I see Peter like, hey, fool, do you not see the guy? Like, you want to go? You know what I mean? Like, he's the same guy who cuts off the ear of the soldier. Like, Peter's not acting like Peter anymore. I wrote down just a few instances at Matthew 16, 22. Remember when uh, Jesus begins to tell them what's going to happen? And then it says, Peter literally pulls Jesus aside and is like, hey, listen, like, you're not going to die because Peter really wanted a great position. And he was upset that Jesus said he was about to give up his life and die. You're not going to die. That could never happen to you. And then literally Jesus is like, hey, get behind me, Satan. That's Peter trying to protect his position. What about Matthew 17, when uh, the demon-possessed person was brought to his disciples? They tried to cast this demon out and they couldn't do it. So they brought him to Jesus and Jesus was like, I've told my disciples to do this. And they were like, well, they couldn't do it. There was no power in Peter. Peter couldn't do it. Lack of faith. Matthew 26, remember when uh, Jesus is about to go to the cross and uh, Peter looks at him and is like, hey, these, these guys might deny you, but not me. I would never do that. I would never deny you because I'm a real one trying to keep and maintain his position of importance. Self-promotion, we might say. What about Matthew 26 when he falls asleep while Jesus is praying? Just lack of power. Matthew 26, later. And this is where I get to the place of this story that's kind of impactful as, G as Peter goes and he follows Jesus to the home of a man named Caiaphas. And Peter's being put on trial at a man named Caiaphas's house. And he's sitting around a fire and Peter's followed from a distance and people begin to realize who Peter is. And the, the, the little people around the fire, they're like, hey, you're the guy who followed Peter. I mean, you're the guy who followed Jesus. And Peter's like, I don't know that guy. I don't know him. I don't know him. Three times that happens. I swear I don't know the guy. And then fast forward to Acts 4, and who shows up to figure out what's happening? What did it say? What verse is that? Verse 6. Annas the high priest was there along with who? Can you put that up there just so we see it? Kenny, put that verse up there. We got it. Verse six, anybody? There we go. Caiaphas enters the story again. Think about it for a second. I think God allowed Peter to have another moment. Like it wasn't finished. He denied him three times at that guy's house. 
And remember Jesus, like this is why I love Jesus. It's amazing because he shows back up to Peter after the fact when Peter walks away bitterly, hates himself. Jesus shows up to him and goes, I'm not done with you, man. I'm not done with you. Hey, Peter, do you love me? I, I love you, Jesus. No, no, Peter, do you, do you really love me? I love you. No, Peter, seriously, like, do you, do you love me? Three times he asked him to get back to level ground. When he gets back to level ground, he sends that guy back into his life. There's not a chance Peter ain't thinking about that guy. Oh, I've been to your house before and ain't nobody knows it. This is that moment. And it was the grace of God. It was the grace and kindness of Jesus that never stops on a guy like Peter. Endures with Peter. I mean, from rejection to doing stupid stuff, from not showing up courageously to not staying awake in prayer, to messing the whole thing up, to absolutely denial. And yet Jesus is like, I'm not done with you. One of my favorite lines in all of scripture is where after Peter says, I will never deny you, he says, I promise you, before the rooster crows three times, you're gonna deny me. And once you've fallen, I want you to turn around and strengthen your brothers. One of my favorite passages. Once you've fallen, get back in the game and help everybody else out. We got work to do, let's go. And he gets this new opportunity. He thought he had failed walked away bitterly, Jesus said, I ain't done with you. And in walks the same guy in the same, what kind of story is this? Wild. But what the heck happened to Peter? Like seriously, like what happened to Peter? The then Peter and then Peter. There's no other explanation except verse eight. Is it? Because it's a totally different guy. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, I've heard, man, I've heard like so many sermons about how to do it better, how to get wise, how to improve my life so that I'm more effective at evangelism, man. And the thing that I see in this passage is that the Holy Spirit was upon Peter. It wasn't Peter. Like, but it was Peter, but it wasn't Peter, you know? But I think, I think it was the journey. Listen, listen, listen. It was the journey that got Peter to this place where he actually didn't trust in his own abilities or himself any longer. He finally got to the place where he realized the truth. I'm not enough and I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not bold enough and I know it, so I surrender. That's what this whole book will lead you to. If you read this book, it will get you to the place of an undone needing, needingness 
I need a savior. I can't bring you there other than I think many of us, maybe every single one of us in this room knows that. And if I don't get saved, I have no hope. But I believe, I just really believe, and I'm asking the Lord for help in this because I really believe that the Lord desires to reveal himself to this world. And he chose to reveal himself through Peter's and John's. The book of Acts is not over. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna play, I don't wanna play American church. I believe we are the church. The book is still being written. That means it's not over yet. I don't want to hang on to what the world is telling me to hang on to. I want to bring, I want to, I want to believe this book. And the more I step in and believe Jesus, when I'm telling you, when I believe Jesus, he came into my home. I think he was just waiting for an invitation. I just was believing all the nonsense everybody else was saying. I didn't really care about Jesus' words, to be honest with you. I read the book enough and I had it up in my, in my mind, but I didn't really believe it in my heart. I'm just being honest. Do you know what I realized? He was so quick to say yes. I think he was just waiting for me. He's so kind and he's so gentle and long-suffering. He's along for the journey with you. And I don't know how else to say that other than I believe he's inviting you and me to be a part of the work he desires. But that work is about just being with him because he's doing work. I think he wants you to go along with him. It's not just about the work, it's about him. When Jesus did what he did, he died to make you and me and this world right with himself. That's happened. If you'll receive that, you don't gotta search to try to get to God, he came to you. When you step into that good news, it will be salvation for your soul. Your sins have been forgiven on the cross. Receive that, be forgiven, and come and follow Jesus. He wants to show you even more. I want to close with this and then I just want to have a time of prayer and then I just want to sing a song of, of thankfulness. 
In every single gospel, it's recorded that Peter denied Jesus. Every single one. You know why? Because it heightens this story in Acts. It makes it really, really important. It shows this crazy difference in this guy's life. But I believe he showed it. The Bible is written for, for us in every one of these books because I think if you're anything like me and you've experienced Jesus and you find yourself in that place where you're like, I thought I was revived. Like, how did I get back into this place of feeling this way to doing this stuff, messing up again? I thought my life would change. Anybody? I believe it's written like that because every single one of us can identify with Peter. That moment of brokenness, that big time screw up, but I believe Acts 4, I just pray, is a picture for you wherever you are in your life right now. I want to invite you out of just living this life of just, man, thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. Never leave that place. Thank God for forgiveness. But I want to say, because of Jesus, you have been invited into his grace of moving with him to be a part of work with him not just to be forgiven, to grab hold of the world, but to like let go of the world and to do something absolutely different. He wants to show you even more. He just wants to show you even more. Grace and the work of grace is marvelous to the point where everyone in society said, what the heck has just happened? And if you're in that place today, I pray that you get encouraged today. Receive forgiveness. The story isn't over. Keep stepping and he wants to show up right here, right now, I believe, in your life. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know that you can have right standing with him, here's what I need you to know. I need you to know that Jesus came that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross to satisfy, to satisfy the wrath of God against a sinful world. All of God's wrath that we deserve was placed on his son, Jesus, and he paid the price for you and I to be declared absolutely right before God the Father. If you have come to Jesus, you've received that by faith, then here's what I wanna invite you into. Would you step into the presence of your father? Not beat down, not broken down, but step in by the grace of Jesus with a thankful heart because you've been forgiven, you've been set free. You are his and he is yours. I invite you just to spend a moment with him. Just seek him, just talk to him. I think he wants to be with you. And if you don't know, if you've never heard that your past can be wiped away, literally a brand new story begins in Christ. 
than just talk to him and tell him that. You can let go of your past, of your striving, of this place. And he wants to give you a brand new life in him. If you desire his forgiveness, if you desire his presence, then step into the truth by calling on his name. His name is Jesus. Just tell him the truth. Tell them where you're at. And if you would, his invitation for you is, would you trust me? You don't have to try to be the king, maintain the position. He says, I'm the king, I have the position and I wanna take care of you. I wanna save you. I love you. And I, I don't wanna turn this into like a theater moment because it's really not, it's just really not. I believe God's doing a work, but I really believe that I'm really feeling like a strong, strong call to invite us to actually pray what they prayed in Acts 4. Do you, do you wanna go with him? If you, if you would like to like, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go. I wanna ask him to send us but not like sent like we've been sent before, but like sent like he did something and we're gonna go. Just listen to this. Now, Lord, hear the people's threats. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting shook. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Long for this. No matter where you are on the journey, he's gonna be faithful to you. And I just pray for each one of us guys as we do this journey together, that we know that more and more, that if you haven't been faithful, he's so faithful. And he's gonna walk you down the road of seeing that come to completion. Keep going with him, seek him. He wants to show you more. Just like he showed Peter, he wanted to show Peter more. He showed Peter more and then Peter was ready in the moment where he was needed to be ready. So Lord, thank you that you're faithful. Father, I'm thankful for these stories I'm thankful for the life that you lived. I'm thankful that you're kind. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me. Lord, I thank you for inviting me. I thank you for inviting each one of us. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to the man or the woman on the road 
just like you opened Peter and John's, would you give us boldness to proclaim how good you've been to us, to a world longing for goodness, longing for saving, longing for help, longing for hope. You are that hope. You are that goodness. Now, Lord, send us. Stretch your hand of healing and miraculous sign be performed as we lift the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And Father, I just pray a blessing over each person in this room. Thank you for them. Thank you for calling us in this room. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.